so often I'm walking towards the train. So we're on uh, 49th and 3rd. And to get home, I take the train on 51st. And I uh, go downtown. And for some reason, almost every week on my walk to the train home on 3rd Avenue, I bump into Laura Curran. It's like every week. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know why. It must be the time I'm leaving, the time she's coming in. Right. So Laura, of course, does a very, very successful podcast here at WABC. She's been a guest on this show a million times. In fact, back on Election Day, we had a three-man booth, like Monday Night Football, of me, you, and Laura. Right. And then just a couple of weeks ago, Laura did a great job when she um, she sat in with John Katz and Matitis mm-hmm. the week after I did. Yeah. To co-host Cats at Night, which I think is now Cats and Cosby. I have no idea. At any rate, she's a legitimate star. And now the good news is she's been rewarded, awarded with her own radio show. It starts a week from Sunday. One-hour radio show, Laura Kern, her own show. So to congratulate her right here on this show, we brought her back. Here she is, Laura Curran. Laura, good morning. Congratulations. How are you? Hi. Hi. Good morning, and thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited, and I'm also happy to be reunited with you two guys. I had so much fun that election day morning. That was a, a great day. It was, and uh, it was well, nice right. to get the Republican side, the Democrat side, and, and uh, somewhere in the middle, too. It was a great show. So here you are, Laura. The podcast is doing very, very well, but now getting your own radio show. Not a far cry from the Nassau County Executive, but... Uh, just a little bit of a distance, I would say. How is it? Uh, how does it feel getting your own show here on WABC? Well, I am super excited. And in a way, it's getting back to my roots in journalism. So before I even thought about running for anything, I was at the Daily News. I was at the New York Post, and I was back at the Daily News. So I love reporting. I love interviewing. I love getting into it. But now that I've been in county government, had been in, go- in county government for eight years, I I know so much more, knowing how the sausage is actually made, knowing the personalities, the relationships, the egos, and all of that stuff. Uh, synthesizing all of that experience that I had with my journalism experience, it's like, hey, this is, I didn't plan it this way, but it's almost like as if I had. Well, so let me ask you, what did you think last night of yesterday? of DeSantis visiting uh, Staten Island. You know, I think it's so interesting, right? Obviously, this is Trump's home city. He goes to Staten Island, kind of the most Trump This is borough. not Trump's home city. The he most lives in Trump West Palm borough. Beach. New York City. Well, this is where Please. Trump is from. For 70 years, this was yeah. Trump's home city. And still, people associate Trump more with New York, even though he's moved down to Florida. That's also a fascinating part of all this, right, is that that's the governor of Florida he's moved down to because it's better than New York, but what did you think about what do you think about the Trump uh, DeSantis in uh, the Trumpiest borough of New York, Staten Island? I thought it was a um, a cleverly aggressive move because mm-hmm. Republicans who are thinking about running for president they're not going to spend a lot of time in New York. Uh, there's other places, battleground places where they want to go, but this was like <clears throat> I, I don't know. Manly sounds kind of weird, but it was a very sort of it was a it was a power move to come to New York, of course, to come to a very red part of New York. But he's no fool. And I think he saw, like we all did, that Republicans in New York state made gains in all 62 counties in this past election. So maybe he's looking, you know, first of all, you get a lot of press here. It's a big media market. Look, we are talking about it. And so there's that. But also, like, this is this is a power move. And also maybe to other other Republicans who are who have either announced or are thinking of announcing, Mm -hmm. 
like, look, I'm not afraid of going into the bluest belly of the beast and, and make my point here. Also, New York is having a crime problem. We all know about that. And so to go right there and talk about it and support the police, I think that sends a really big message that, of course, is going to be broadcast all over New York, but, but across the rest of the country as well. Yeah, and you got to think, when, when, it, when a candidate or a potential candidate does something like this, it's very strategic. And so who's mm-hmm. he talking to? He's talking to other Republican candidates. He's talking to the general public. And, of course, he's talking to us here in New York. So last time I saw you was on a Friday. And I was walking down Third Avenue, and you said, hey. And I, I, by the way, I promise I'm not stalking you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know you're not. But you said, hey, I saw that Daily News column today about you and the mayor, Eric Adams. And you're like, why do people get upset? It's a good thing for a Republican and a Democrat to have conversations and try to fix it. But I'm going to tell you, Laura, if you've been listening all morning long, I'm very upset with Eric Adams this morning because, mm-hmm. as you point out, Ron DeSantis made the accurate point. You cannot argue that crime in this city is a huge issue. And he made that point on Staten Island yesterday, didn't call out the mayor, didn't call out Democratic leadership. He did compliment guys like Giuliani and Bloomberg, deservedly so, but never called out the mayor. And then the mayor comes out with this ridiculous tweet where he talks about DeSantis banning books, discriminating against gay people, Mm. using asylum seekers as props, letting the government stand between a woman and health care, and then saying to DeSantis, we can teach you something about values. I'm sorry. I've been in the mayor's camp now for about two or three months, but that tweet yesterday was despicable. So I think if you are going to remain friends with Adams, which I think you are, this is going to happen. He's in politics. He's going to say things that you don't like, that you don't agree with. Does that mean you throw the whole relationship away? No. Or can you have a conversation and, and keep talking and right. disagree? And that's something I definitely want to bring to the radio show, and I think you do it really well here. Thank you. Being able to disagree, but do it in a way that's respectful so everyone can hear what you're actually saying, not just hear your anger. And I think that's important. Like your conversation with Gordon Shang accomplish that. You're not necessarily agreeing with him on Zelensky and this and that, but you hear him and and more more importantly your audience gets gets to hear it as well. So but how do how would New Yorkers I mean, you know, you like I said, you're you're common sense, you're a common sense democrat on this. Uh, how do you think New Yorkers are seeing that tweet, that statement from Adams when he comes out some days and is saying, you know what, I, I believe we need to go after the crime problem. But they're yeah. seeing the numbers. They're saying, wait a second, yeah. uh, New York's leading the country in out-migration. Florida's leading the country in in-migration. There are a few reasons because of this. And quality of life is right at the top of the list. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I first heard of that tweet, I was thinking, well, this is probably something that his team has encouraged him to do. Right. And I think politicians have to be very careful of what their team is telling them to do, because they may have their their uh, principles, best interest to heart, but it might not be the best thing. Um, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have come out like that myself. That wouldn't have been my shtick, uh, <laughs> because especially, you know, if, if if DeSantis had called me out, that would have been a different issue, of course, and you have to take him on. Uh, but I, you know, maybe he felt like this guy's coming into my turf and I got to push back. Mm -hmm. Also, he gets a lot of flack from progressive Democrats Mm -hmm. about quote unquote, giving cover to the Republican talking points. So perhaps he felt, and his team felt if he didn't come out strong against this guy and the gay stuff and all this, then he would have been criticized more by Mm -hmm. these people. He came to your city and he insulted you and you didn't do anything. So it could have been sort of a, a little bit of a pandering move towards the other folks as well. All right, that's fair. Laura Curran here on uh, Sitting Friends in the Morning. What is the exact date of your new show? Sunday what? 
Sunday, March 5th at 4 o'clock. It's an hour. Um, I'm open to ideas. If anyone out there knows me, my, my Twitter handle is at LauraCurran516. I'm open to ideas. Um, you know, my podcast has been really fun. I've talked to everyone from one of the architects of bail reform to Kellyanne Conway, pollsters, cops. We talk about Santos, fentanyl. There's a lot to talk about, and I know a lot of people. So it's been, you know, I'm trying to, the goal is to make this radio show. It's going to also be called Cut to the Chase, just like the podcast. Um, to be like a little mini 60 minutes. It's an hour long. We'll do three segments of really interesting stuff. I've been uh, involved in politics now for seven years here in New York. I've met a lot of people, uh, very few, Laura, much like John Katsimatidis, where both sides of the aisle like that person. I like you right away. I was out there at one of your events in, in Eisenhower Park. And oh, even, that's right. Yes, and even with Todd Kaminsky standing a couple <laughs> of feet away, I still love you. And I said, this lady represents a lot of what's right about New York. So with that said, being the former Nassau County executive and a Long Island girl, your thoughts on George Santos? Well, it's a terrible embarrassment for everyone. Uh, politically, it's, 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 it's going to be tricky for the Republicans in Nassau to navigate that. You know, as we all know, Nassau County is very Republican, even though it has a Democratic advantage in enrollment. The Republican machine is very, very strong. So they've got uh, their local elections coming up. There is a county executive election out in Suffolk this year. Towns, village towns, and uh, the legislature is all up for re-election. So you can see the the GOP Republicans on Long Island in Nassau County dancing away as far as they can from Santos because he is a total liability. There's tons of pictures. I can see the mailers already from all the Democratic candidates. It'll be really interesting to see what this does politically. He's actually blaming the Republicans almost uh, as if he's like, I had to lie. I had no choice. And then I get yeah, people that... I had to lie to impress these people. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's crazy. But then I have people that call the show and go, I got to tell you, you know who's to blame? Joe Cairo and all those folks yelling and screaming out of Long Island. Where were they during the vetting process? Forget about Zimmerman. How did that happen under Joe Cairo's leadership? I think that's a bit unfair, well, but I am hearing that. Well, I'm hearing that as well. He is in good crisis control mode, Joe Cairo, the head of the GOP in Nassau. He's coming out and saying, "We this, it's on me. I own this. We're going to do better. This is terrible, blah, blah, blah. So he's walking away from it and talking about it as much as he can, which he has to do because it's a terrible embarrassment. But also, where was the press? There was a story out in a local paper that nobody picked out. You know why? Because the elites in both parties and the press they're too smart. Oh, Zimmerman's going to win. This is not a real race. This guy can't win. That's what they kept saying. Guess what? When you're sm- when you're smarter than everyone else, you end up being stupider than the voters. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, you know politics. You know just how uh, you know how, how many how many arrows get flung even within the own par- your own party. What do you think yeah. about the theory, the idea that Tom Swazi is the one that had this information on Santos, held it from the Zimmerman from the Zimmerman campaign? and dropped it after he was elected? I have a hard time believing that that's true, but I don't, I don't. I don't know for sure. <laughs> I mean, do you, so I know that sometimes, and I'm not going to name names here, but people of the same party don't necessarily like each other very right. much right. and aren't sad when they fail. I've experienced that myself in my life. Um, however, I don't think this was known. I don't. I think if this was known, if there was a report out there that had all of this, it would have found its way either to the D.C. Triple C, you know, the, the congressional Democrats in D.C. or the local party. Somehow this would have had to have come out. Mm. 
So especially when you had that little teaser in the little weekly paper up there that had the breadcrumbs leading to so much more. But do you disagree, Andrew? Well, I always look, and again, this is a theory, but I always look who has the most to benefit from who comes out of this. And guess what? I think Tom Swazi might have the most to benefit. He put his seat on the line. Uh, if he potentially had this information before and held it back, now guess what? He can be that knight hopping back on the horse saying, I'll come in here and I'll save that whenever that special election or if it's in 2024 and take back my seat. So just a working theory. So but I know, Tom, and I, I, I don't think that that is the case. I don't know for sure, but I would be very, very surprised yeah. because how could he have lined it up? You know, he was running his heart out. For governor, obviously that didn't go well. He's been awfully quiet. Then he had that. Then he had that op-ed in the Times saying, "Well, I didn't really look into this guy because I didn't want to give him any oxygen, and I knew I was going to win. So I didn't. I didn't. The less attention I put on him, the better." Let me remind you, he's the same time Swazi that on the air with me and my late partner Bernard, God rest his soul, said that he actually liked liked Ron DeSantis' parental act down in Florida. Uh oh. And then after getting pressure from his Democrat buddies three days later, said, well, maybe what I said was, uh, wasn't was exactly right, and he took it back. So as far as I'm concerned, he's a, he's a, uh, he's a weasel. That's my opinion. Well, you've got uh, to remember he was in a primary, and the base got mad. Okay, and so, to be careful. So, so what? sometimes politicians say things. You know, and then have to back. No, but what he said was right. But what he said, but what he said was right because there is no mention of gay, as you know, in that act. And what he said was right. And every now and then, it would be nice if a politician said to his party, "Hey, screw you. That's how I feel." Doesn't mean I'm turning me back on the party. He could have done that, and instead he caved. That's just my opinion. Uh, Well, frankly, I need we need more in both parties to say, "Hey, screw you. This is not right." Right. Uh, Agreed. There. There's enough of that. There's everyone's afraid, and I think it's time to end that and give people courage. That's true. Hey, you've got. A, a tremendous amount of courage. You're great on the air. Not good, but great. And we're very lucky to have you coming up uh, every Sunday. Thank congratulations, you. Laura. Thank you so much. Congrats. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. And Sid, thanks so much for having me on. It's always, always fun. My pleasure. Thank you. There she is, the great Laura Curran coming up on Sunday. She really is terrific, folks. One of the more talented people we've got here at WABC. I mean that. Laura Curran coming to a radio station on a Sunday near you.